It is Friday, February 5th, 2021, and this is the Tommy C. Show, an interactive resource for logic, truth, and liberty. Thank you for tuning into the show that's become popular among patriots seeking truth and action. The show that promises to never circle back to your questions. <laughs> hey, what a week. So much has gone on this week. There's a lot to talk about today before we hop into the weekend. Uh, I want to start today real quick with the Marjorie Green press conference today. And if you didn't see this, you should definitely look it up. Uh, she held a press conference today that was in response to the Congress, largely the Democrats, every single Democrat and 11 Republicans, who voted to kick her out of her committees based on comments that she made prior to ever being elected official. That is a ridiculous and dangerous precedent. And I can't help but think of all of the actions and things that we've heard people say. Um, think of Rashida Tlaib, 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 Tlaib uh, or uh, Omar, or any of the squad. Just about any Democrat that's been new to the Congress in uh, you know recent years. And think of the things they've said or done. And before they were in office, and, and there they are. And then you think of the things they've done while in Congress. Swalwell and his Chinese prostitute, and he's still sitting on in the Intelligence Committee. It's, it's maddening. It's absolutely insane. But they're going to kick Marjorie Green off for some comments she made before she was elected. Well, I tell you, she gave a press conference today that was full of fire. She, she lit it up. She called out AOC's fake outrage. Uh, she called the media out for their duplicitous behavior in all of this. She was very quick when, when you could tell that she was very well prepared for this press conference. And the thing that was great about her is that she really turned the tables. She took a negative and turned it into a positive. She took being kicked off these committees and said, you know what, thank you. It's great that I've been kicked off these committees now because now I have a whole lot more time to interact with the American people, to get my face out there and to communicate what's going on in Congress and what's not going on in Congress, and to call out both sides of the aisle. I, it was beautifully played by her, and it was one of those checkmate moments, I think. And, and, and it was amazing to watch her interact with the press and get them fired you know, just to fire back on them. Now, she apologized for what she had said, but the press continued to ask her if she was sorry. And she finally turned around and said, you know, this reminds me of what you did to Trump, President Trump, when you asked him if he condemned white supremacy, and he condemned white supremacy. And then you'd ask him again if he condemns white supremacy, and he'd condemn it again. It just doesn't matter how many times you say it, you keep running with the same story. He called, She called them out on it. It was beautiful. And... When they asked her about, you know, if she's sorry about spreading conspiracy theories, she said, are you in the media sorry about spreading the Russia conspiracy for, for years? I mean, she, she apologized, first off, for comments she made in the past and for beliefs that she made in the past when she went down the rabbit hole on the Internet, which so many have done, and good for her for coming out of it and, and seeing the truth. And it's especially good for her for having the strength to apologize and move on. And then the way she just completely owned the media was fantastic. 
It was a great press conference. It was one of the. It was the best one this year on any level that you'll see. It may be the best press conference we see out of any politician in quite some time. So, uh, it was a few minutes long, but I recommend you go and look it up if you can. Uh, watch it all the way to the end because the way she concluded it and walked away was beautiful too. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It was absolutely fabulous. And Georgia is very lucky to have her. And I think all of us as Republicans, uh, conservatives, are, are very lucky to have her voice in the Congress. I think she'll be there for a long time. Uh, it, it was just very pleasant and very motivating to watch. And she's going to be out there now with more time on her hands to interact across the country. And she's going to be a real danger to the Democrats. She's sharp. She's smart. And she commands a presence. And she's going to get the airtime for it. Hey, the next thing really related to Congress is uh, Matt Gates of Florida. Uh, he put a proposal forward uh, in committee this week. Uh, it was the Judiciary Committee, I believe, that he sits on, asking the, the Pledge of Allegiance be said uh, before the committee begins any business. And Nadler shot it down. Nadler said, we already say the pledge uh, in Congress every morning. There's no need to say it again. It's kind of this, you know, I gave it the office moment of patriotism. And it was really sickening. But what's more sickening is there's audio out there now of Gates being mocked for this. Steve Cohen, of all people, that ogre Shrek-looking chicken-eating freak who is just despicable and disgusting and just a repugnant human being let alone member of congress uh he there's he and and other democrats mocking on audio making fun of gets for suggesting they say the pledge and it's ridiculous they compared it to a second grader and or first grader it's terrible it it, it bothers me you know first of course because it's a patriotic action and, and why make fun of it but these are the same people that seem to have an issue with bullying other people. And, you know, if the Republicans said something about, you know, were mocking something about the LGBTQ community or, or some uh, something that wanted to be said, you know, by Democrats, it would be it would be getting slammed for it. Absolutely slammed for it. It's the duplicity that is so maddening. And that is the piece that upsets conservatives so much is this double standards and the way the behavior is so divisive there's no it saying the pledge all members there saying the pledge if anything it's the one thing they're doing together there's a simple act of unity and that they can't even do that without mocking it it's it's ridiculous it's absolutely dumb and Marjorie Green actually called that out too, not not specific to the pledge, but I mean, she just talked about why the American people are so pissed off, why we are so upset with Congress, and she nailed it because it's these kinds of actions, it's this kind of childish behavior, and these double standards. It's it's crazy to watch, uh, you know, that stuff happen, and, and the way the Democrats get away. With mocking our country and, and mocking their colleagues and not having an answer for it. They don't have, they never have to answer for it. But if you're a Republican, boy, you're on the hot burner right away. And we know it's because the media is largely liberal and that's what you get. And until 
we get a majority back, you know, it, we're going to be dealing with that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because we're on our way to getting majorities back. And I'm going I'm to spend some time on that today. But one more quick thing today before I get to that. Hey, Parlor is coming back. And it looks like, by all accounts, it'll be back by Monday, if not, you know, sooner, but definitely on sometime on Monday. Uh, Dan Bongino mentioned that uh, last night, I believe, on Hannity. And there's been other talk about it today. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. I understand there's some rebranding uh, that they've been talking about. There's Obviously, there's been the turmoil in the news this week about uh, John Matsy being let go as CEO. Uh, I understand that he's got another position in the company, uh, another he's acting in another capacity, or that he can, has been offered that, whether or not he remains and decides to do that or not. I, mean, I think we'll all soon find out. Uh, it was unfortunate the way that all went down this week. There's a lot of conflicting stories. I, I, John's a great guy. I, have, I loved interacting with him on Parlor. I love what he stood for. A funny guy, family guy. Loves, you know, his, his family, and this is all unfortunate to, to see and to hear. And I, it, Dan Bongino's a great guy, too. Listen, this is all unfortunate that some dirty laundry got aired out there. And I think that we need to sit back and wait for more information to come out before we pass any judgment on how or who or what. And that's the case with, with all things. Let's get more information. I think the important thing right now really, is that John and his family are safe, and and we know that, and that's good, considering all of the hate that's been out there and misplaced and really ignorantly directed at them for doing nothing wrong. Uh, But also, Parler is going to be back online, and there are millions of users, loyal users to the system, uh, the platform, that are going to be really happy to have that happen, including me. That was home base for me in how I communicate and get the message out. Uh, and spread with all of those who follow along with me. And it's it's been a great place to engage with other people for the last couple of years. And not just other other conservatives, but independents and and a handful. I mean, there's more than a handful of Democrats on the platform. But there's a handful that are willing to have conversations and not be uh, just disgusting lunatics about it. So... Let's hope that it gets back online on Monday. It looks like it's going to be. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll see what it's going to be like. I, I'm excited for it. So, hey, too many people still remain in this funk that nothing is going to be done. Nothing's going to change. When we talk about, you know, the next election cycle, which is just next year, right? In the midterms. And there's several Senate seats and, there, you know, every House seat and some governorships that are up. But this toxic attitude that keeps people from taking action or being aware of what's already happening, it easily drags others down too. It's, it's got to stop. We've got to stop that mindset, people. This, you know, these absolutes. I talked about it last episode at great length. That's why I, I took some time off again. But it, it's, nothing's going to change or ah, the elections don't matter. It's, it's crap. It's crap. It, it's wrong. You know, I've talked quite a bit about the states and folks there's already so much that's happening i'm going to get into that in a minute you know i try to make things as easy as possible for my listeners and viewers and i've just added another feature 
to my website that should make it even easier for you to be aware and engaged of the actions that are happening with your state legislatures. So if you go to therealtommyc.com, therealtommyc.com, and then go to the Our Government tab, or therealtommyc.com slash our government. Uh, Scroll down to where it says your state legislatures and click the link. It launches the website for openstates.org, which gets you into every piece of legislation in real time that has been introduced by your state in either chamber of your state government. It's fabulous. It it dives in, uh, mostly in chronological order from most recent, to any of these actions that have been introduced, whether in your state senates, your state assemblies, or state house, however, you know, it's titled in your specific state. And it gives you where they're at, what in the details of what that bill is, um, when it was introduced, if it's been passed by one chamber or another, or if it's been read to committees, where it's at. And let me tell you, when I went through that today, I went through just a, just a small handful of swing states, the important ones. And there was already so many um, pieces of legislation that have been introduced regarding the elections. You know, Wisconsin, three of them. And, there, and there's more than that, but three right off the top of uh, my head that I made note of was uh, the Wisconsin Assembly has introduced uh, a piece of legislation addressing election law violations. They've also produced a piece of uh, legislation that requires notice of incumbents uh, to provide uh, their status of candidacy or non-candidacy. When they're going to run for office. A big one is the Wisconsin Senate just today introduced a bill that would change uh, how the electors are counted in the state and the designation of electors. And right now, uh, whoever wins the popular vote in the state wins the electors for the state. Well, the way the Senate wants, the Wisconsin Senate has put forth, is that of our, our uh, electors that we have, there are 11 for Wisconsin, which is our nine reps, and then plus two for the state at large, making 11. Well, as in, those nine electors would go to the popular vote for their areas, for their congressional district. So it could split the vote. You could end up with six of the nine electors being having a Republican majority in an election, and six of the 11 votes would go to the GOP, and the other three would go to uh, the Democrats, and the two at large would go to whoever had the popular vote of the state. So say the Democrats won the state, and they only won three of the districts. They would still only get five of the electoral votes. The GOP would get six. So it's, it's a really interesting way of doing it. And, and Maine and Nebraska are two other states that currently split their electoral votes in a similar way or in another way uh, like that. And so Wisconsin has introduced that today. The state Senate has introduced that, and I'm excited. I think it's a really great idea. I think it's a fair idea. It looks at a way to uh, really get accurate representation of what the people want. You get these votes, so much of this vote in the rural areas, and it doesn't count as much, you know, because of the populations. But you can have... You know, 75 or 80 percent of the counties in the state vote red and lose uh, the election 
based on the way the electoral votes currently work. So this Wisconsin is working to change that. It was a huge one. But there's three pieces of legislation already in the works addressing uh, election laws in Wisconsin. Michigan had a dozen or more, just real quick, the Michigan House has put forth uh, pieces on public disclosure of campaign finance advertising, they want a list of clerks that are not current on election education training, establishing felonies for election offenses, a bill to remove electors who are not faithful to their duties or with incomplete personal information, such as not listing their date of birth or their residence, uh, requiring clerks in Michigan to maintain a permanent absent voter list. The Michigan House is putting forth another one requiring oversight of the election boards where there's more than one voting precinct in a city or an area. They've provided criminal sentencing guidelines for violations of election laws regarding absentee ballots. So there's so much going on in Michigan. And those that's not all of them. That's just a few. Arizona, the Arizona Senate, put forth one disclosing out-of-state campaign contributions. They've got another one recognizing the Electoral College and its importance to the Constitution. This is really more of a, a statement, but it's them asserting as a state that they stand behind the Electoral College in a push against this national, you know, the Democrats view nationally that popular vote should matter. Arizona's also put forth pieces of legislation that about the disclosure of residency for candidates and electors. Well, they've got something out there for election law revisions, a formal process for requesting early ballots, and verified identification of those people. Uh, they're putting forth a, a declaration of contempt for the Maricopa County supervisors. Uh, process and measures for ballot recount auditing. Uh, prohibiting modifications to election deadlines. Georgia. Georgia Senate has put uh, forth uh, for a position of chief elections assistance officer and to outline what the qualifications appointment means for that, what the duties of that are. Uh, they've put forth a bill improving the process for the designation of electors. Uh, elections in Georgia also advancing voting locations in the period uh, prior to the election, limiting those. Uh, Georgia's got another one here about the submission of identification in connection with absentee ballots. Again, that's if you're if you're applying for an absentee ballot, you have to have. Uh, your residency verified, you know, ID of sorts. These are just a few. I mean, I have not even gotten into Pennsylvania, North Carolina, or any other number of states. These are just a handful of things where there is already state legislatures that are hot on this. You know, I could spend all day probably digging into every state and what they're doing. And, and for all of the ones, these are all things that are being put forth by Republican members of state senates or state houses. There are Democrat members putting forth their own bills, and of course, as you look at those, they are all about relaxing election laws and election integrity. The good thing is that in these states with uh, Republican legislatures, those pieces of legislation are never going to fly. In fact, they're probably not even going to get heard. They'll be pushed back on the schedule. But it's important to know what those pieces of legislation are and, and what the Democrats are trying to pass as well. But the point I'm getting at is that we say that nothing's going to happen and nothing can happen and nothing is happening. Well, it's all wrong. There's a lot of stuff happening in every state, a lot of measures that are addressing so many aspects uh, of what gave us heartache in this past election. 
as it pertains to voter ID and absentee balloting and uh, auditing of elections and oversight and the, the dates that you can count votes and the extensions of deadlines. These things are all being addressed in these states. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And, and don't forget that there are still Supreme Court cases out there. In fact, the, the Supreme Court cases involving Georgia and Pennsylvania, they're on the SCOTUS calendar for their February 19th conference this month. So there is still much happening out there that will affect future elections you know, to more greatly define the processes and bring integrity to them. The states are listening, and you know, the sky hasn't fallen. And in fact, if you're one of the people who has engaged and remains engaged with your legislatures, the sun is starting to come out. And I commend you for that dedication. I commend you for having a positive attitude and taking action. It's meaningful, and most importantly, it is working. It is working. This is, it's so important that we pay attention to what is going on. And there's no excuse. Again, go to therealtommyc.com. The our governments tab and slash down to your state legis- uh, tab down to your state legislatures and click the link or go to openstates.org directly and it's got a simple search function you drop down for your state then you you know in the search box I just typed elections for language that I was looking for you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff that comes up in there and you've got to sort through it but it helped me narrow down uh, the things I was looking for you could put keywords in there for ballots or voting or however you want to search to you know pare down the results that you get but then go through them and you can see what's happening in your states you should be aware of this and you should look up the websites for your state courts as well in many cases your state supreme courts your state appellate courts your district courts there's calendars out there and you can see what cases are being heard you can track some of these things that affect your life every day. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the elections, but other pieces of legislation, other cases that your state courts are ruling on and how that might affect your life. It is our responsibility, and these are things that we've all neglected, me included, for for far too long before this election. Well, you have to get engaged. And again, I'm going to do everything I can to make it as easy on you as I can from a standpoint of providing you the resources. It's one of these you can lead a horse to water. And I'll give you examples and share with you some of the things that are going on as I did today, but it is your responsibility in your state to know what is happening and to get engaged. You can make changes in your state. I can't. I can make changes in my own state, and I am. And I'm engaged with my state legislators, my state senators, uh, and even on a national level, my our congressmen. And I'll remain engaged in that way. But the states right now are the heavily, you know, the places we have to put heavy importance on. And that's all I have for today. If you appreciate my commentary, I'd be very grateful if you'd share it with your family and friends. If you're watching on Rumble, go ahead and hit that Rumble button. I'd be very grateful for that as well. If you're listening on Apple and will leave a positive review, it would be wonderfully kind of you. Feel free to follow and engage with me on social media. You can check out, you know, my website, therealtommyseed.com, for ways to connect with me on various platforms. If you're able and interested in contributing to the show to help me continue to provide well-researched commentary, you may do so through Venmo or Cash App at therealtommyc.com slash contribute. Hey friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action, and we the people have a proud history of doing just that.